Hello. 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 Hi there. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Football Times podcast with myself, RadioTimes.com, sport editor Michael Potts. And today I'm joined in the studio by fellow Northeastner and... This is the first one you've done of 2020. It's Mr. Matthew Ketchell from BBC Match of the Day magazine. Hey, Arit Michael. I'm Arit Pet. How are you? Good. Good. Um, don't know what that was. Uh, let's dive straight into it. We're going to be previewing all of the weekend's Premier League games on TV. Just the four for you this weekend on Saturday and Sunday. No Monday night football. Because uh, we have a full round of Premier League games coming next midweek on a Tuesday, Wednesday. I think it's a game on the Thursday as well. Uh, we'll start off with Saturday, 12.30 kickoff, BT Sport 1. It's Watford versus Spurs. Um, we can start with Watford. Big Nigel. Big Nigel doing bits. Unbelievable, isn't he? What, what's going on there? He's just He just strikes me as a real leader of men. Mm. He's just got in there and went, right, we're getting out of this relegation battle. Follow me. Mm. Let's do it. And they're, so, out of the, they're out of the bottom three. If you're going to follow a Premier League manager into war, it's probably Pearson. Nigel Pearson. I'm behind Nigel. Yeah, I'm going with that. It's impressive what he's doing. Uh, unbeaten in five, won four of those. They came very close. I mentioned this before. They came very close to beating Liverpool and probably should have beaten Liverpool in his in his first game. Um, they're making it look quite easy to escape out this relegation zone. Um, I mean, what, what what is he getting so right? Well, I think at Watford, you've got a really good spine there of, of experienced, talented players. I like Foster in goal, playing mm. really well. Best he's played in, in years. Yeah. And then you've got, um, you know the likes of Decore in midfield. You know some big European clubs are sniffing around for him in in the summer. And then Saw the new lad who's come in. I think I think there's a lot more to come from him. Yeah, he looks like a very talented young player who just needs to settle, and, and he's getting there. And then Delafeo and Dini up front. Dini is is such an important player for that club. He mm. might not have the natural ability of some players in this league, but the way he galvanizes the squad, brings everyone together, and just manages to get goals is, is really impressive. And Delafeo was a you know Barcelona player not so long ago. So there's a, a spine there. And what Watford do really well is protect leads. Mm. So first goal in this game is really big, I think. I think if Watford get it, I think they're really good at protecting leads. And yeah. I think they might get all three points. They're an aggressive, like physical team, aren't they? They they don't bow to, you know, they're quite an intense team to play against. They're not just gonna roll over, sit back and like you say, once they've got that lead, they've got something to hold on to and they'll fight tooth and nail to to get that in the end. Um yeah, good good mention of Ismail Assar there. Two goals, two assists in his last five games, won a penalty as well, so he's clearly Got defenders on the back foot. Is this a bit of a is it a damning indictment of? I was trying to work out whether this is just sheer magic from Big Nige and getting more out of these players than the, than you know than they cap- than they should be capable of. Is this a damning indictment of Javi Gracia, uh, Kika Sanchez Flores? Is this the player? Because I sometimes think like these are the same players. Do they just let their heads drop and should they be sort of looking at themselves, thinking why could we not pull ourselves together for a different manager like? I just want to know what what has sparked this. It's difficult to put your finger on it, but he's just... I think whenever you get a new manager in, nine times out of ten, you get the new manager bounce, and he's just channeled the new manager bounce. And mm. whatever he's doing behind the scenes, we're not privy to that. It's really working. Maybe because they've had a, a plethora of foreign managers. Mm. They've now got an English manager. There'll be probably be a, a style change there. And I, I think Pearson's an experienced football man. He's, he's, he's managed a lot of clubs, be it... Uh, caretaker manager he was actually caretaker of Newcastle mm. I remember being out away at Watford when Pearson was in charge of Newcastle and yeah. watching that game and so he's, he's got a lot of experience and um, I think players uh, listen to him and respond to him and it, what Watford needed to 
they 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 had to re- react, otherwise they would have dropped out of the league really quickly, and and they have done, and they've got a really good chance of staying up. Now. Yeah, I feel like they've got the talent, and now they just have the sort of they've channeled it and they've harnessed it, and they've actually got a system, like even a back to basic sort of system going, and that just maybe, maybe gets the it. most out of them. Let's just sim- a bit, a bit of a reset button, you know. I think they've had a lot of styles coming through. I think from Marco Silva days on till now, mm-hmm. um, just switching back and forth between systems can't have helped. So maybe now they've found that. That rhythm and, and fair play to them. Um, so there's now there's less of a gap between Wofford and Spurs than there is between Spurs and the Champions League places. Looking at this Premier League table here, that's a bit of a mad it's one. Um, Spurs won one in five. Mm. It's, it's just it's just can, can they salvage this season? What what can they actually aim for really this time around? Maybe well they need to win something. So mm. an FA Cup win would be massive. For that club to have the day out to lift the yeah. silverware to get that off off their back, um, that probably represents their best chance of of doing that. Probably um, wins wins everybody around to Jose Mourinho because I imagine there's probably still quite a few doubters among them. Mm. And and if you can you know if you see him at the end of the season, no matter where they finish in the table, if you see him lifting that trophy, that's mm. that's the Mourinho they yeah, they thought it, they were investing in. It just hasn't had the impact I think they were. We're hoping for it's been very inconsistent. I mean, drawing at Norwich, losing to Southampton, and now losing Kane mm. for the pretty That's much huge. the rest of the season is a huge blow. And you saw against Liverpool, they actually they gave Liverpool an okay game. They kept themselves in the game, and then when the chance inevitably came at the end, Lo Celso, uh, Mr. Sitter, mm. Son, who was basically playing through the middle as as the the Harry Kane of the yeah. team, missed a chance. Um, I think they, they Morel actually, probably gets his chance up there. There's, it's difficult to replace Kane. Yeah, they actually uh, seem to create more in that Liverpool game than in previous games when they have missed him. And yet they just again it's the either like they couldn't actually have that finisher on the pitch to you know f- finish off the the chances yeah. they were creating. Well, we're in the January transfer window, mm. and you know, match of the day magazine we're writing about transfers every day, and I'd love Spurs to to buy a striker. It would make my job a lot easier. Yeah. It would give us something to write about. Yeah. And everyone's saying that that's what they need to do, but it's I think it's easier said than done. I know they've signed a midfielder today, Gedson Fernandez, but I, I, just a big signing, you know, Cavani. Is, mm. I believe he's out I mean, of contract. Someone like that. Yeah. Is, he's at the time of his career. Um, you know, you could Mourinho could probably speak to him and say, "Look, you could come in and and you when Kane is fit, you're probably going to be on the bench, but you're 32, 33 now. Mm. So, so some big something big and and loan dealy like that, I think, needs to happen for Spurs. Yeah, absolutely. I've got here actually. So again, Christian Eriksen probably on the way out. Looks like he's played his last game for Spurs. I'd love to see them go get somebody like Grealish. And I don't think it's going to happen in this window, but I'd love to see him in that team. Just that bit of wild card, bit of bit of flair, bit of just something, something different Grealish, yeah. against the green, I guess. And he'd be chomping at the bit for a you know for a big move like that. Or if if he did make that big move, he'd be desperate to prove a point at that yeah. top level. In the summer I think that's on. Yeah. January with Villas, it looks he's so key. That's really, really got to spend a lot of money. To make I mean, he is the difference month. between staying up and going down, essentially, for exactly. them this season. Um, another, just a quick note on Ericsson as well. <laughs> this is why I'm going to bring in my weekly Sunderland link here. So we had Aidan McGeady, player of the season last year, most creative player, best player in the team. You could probably say similar things about Ericsson with Spurs up there with one of their most creative players, etc. Um, bit of a bust up behind the scenes. We bombed him out the under 23s. He's left, and now all of a sudden, dressing room changes, everybody's flying, pulling from the same page, we're, we're winning games, we're moving up the table. I'm wondering whether maybe that's a, the case with Ericsson. Maybe they just need him out. He's, he's, I think on it's the pitch he, he strolls about, and I think he's very, very casual when he when he's play, when I've watched him the last few weeks playing. Mm. He's just sort of not, 
there's just something not there with him. And I don't know if it was like like Sanchez when he downed tools with Arsenal um, and just couldn't pick him up again I think at United. I think, he's, I think he's guilty of downing tools. Mm. I don't think he's as bad as as a bad apple as McGeady is. It, it may not be. It may not be. You know, I don't want to. You know, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But I, I wonder if somebody is with that amount of speculation and not shutting it down. He clearly wants to leave. Whether that has maybe soured the dressing room a little bit. And I wonder whether once he goes, whether that might clear the air. And, and free up the team Perhaps, a little bit. Yes, Perhaps. Who knows? We'll see. Prediction for this one. I, I think Watford are going to win it. Yeah. And I think if they score first, that's that's how it'll go. They'll, 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 they'll get the three points. Yeah, going with a 2-1 win for Watford there. Uh, moving on to Saturday evening, 5.30 kickoff on Sky Sports Premier League and main event. It's the Toon. It's Newcastle versus Chelsea. Um, with 87 players out, have you got the call-up well, yet? Well, we're down to single finger, single figures, single fingers, single fi- fingers with Yedlin's uh, with his hand injury. No, yeah. nine injuries I counted, so that's good. Al- Alan yeah, Maximum well, was uh, moonwalking on his on his on his Instagram last, last night, so that's a good sign. He is actually massively key to to Newcastle if mm. if they have him available. I think they've only lost once with him in in starting in in in, in the team. So as soon as he's ready, you know, he'd probably go back to the team, which isn't probably the best way to deal with a hamstring injury, chucking mm. him straight back in. I think that's one thing Bruce has been guilty of, running players into the ground. His, his rotation hasn't been as nuanced as Rafa's was. Rafa, Rafa famously had an algorithm that he used to rate players on and, and how close they were to the red zone. And Bruce just plays, play, plays <laughs> them, plays them, plays them. Go on, lads. Go on. Poor Lejeune, his second ACL, he played about six games over Christmas. So, <laughs> ga- that we'll see, we'll see. But um, I think... There's some key players available. Lascelles is back, captain. And Richie, massive, absolutely massive. Richie um, has had actually got a really bad tackle from um, in a Leicester game in the EFL Cup. Had two ankle in operations. Oof. So he's back because he, he's, just, he's just a little terrier and really, you know, demands massive um, effort from all the players around him. And, and having him back is, is big. So Newcastle actually looking a little bit healthier and should have a, a chance of getting something from this at home. Mm. I've, got, I've got questions about Joe Linton. Mm. Um, Joe Linton, has he had the same... So he scored the other night, which, I mean, that'll have done the world of good, uh, even if it was against Rochdale or whatever. He's still got his name on the score sheet. That'll do him uh, doing good. Has he been afforded... This is purely from the outside perspective here. Has he been afforded maybe the same patience as... So Almiron obviously went for so long without getting that goal finally got his goal, there was a huge outpouring, there was support, he's a bit of a cult hero from what from what I see about Almiron. Is, is that the case for Joe Linton, or have people just completely turned on him? Hey, I think after the Rochdale game away, mm. he had a pretty bad game, had chances, and the body language wasn't great, and I think I think mm. it was a bit unsavoury towards the end. From the There was a lot of fans went to that game, yeah. small ground, so it was, it was audible. So after the Rochdale game, uh, it wasn't pretty. And I think then we went on to Wolves, and he it was a bit it was a bit better. Um, what we see from Almiron is probably the hardest working football I've ever seen wearing Newcastle shirt. Mm. He's absolute grafter. Like I'd describe, him, he's like a dog on the beach chasing the ball. <laughs> if there was yeah. no advertising boards, he would run out the stadium. So that works in Almiron's favour. The fans mm. see that and appreciate that. Joe Linton is a Brazilian. He's more laid back. He's he's a bigger. He's got a bigger frame to carry around the pitch for yeah. minutes. He's played just about every game I'd, I'd be surprised if it's an outfield player with more minutes than Joe Linton right. so at some point he's pr- he's probably going to need a break but he had he did manage to score in, in the replay uh, so that's you know it's just 
he's been left in the team to hopefully break his duck, which he has done. He's scored mm. two goals now, so you can only hope there's a bit of momentum there, and and he can he can he can keep you know he can get get in the goals. But what we've seen from him so far hasn't been great. You you're looking at a player who probably needs to play with a, a big guy, Andy Carroll, who unfortunately can't play every mm. game, and John Linton can't really control the ball well under pressure, and. The few I guess a lot, a lot of things go when you when your confidence is low when your mentality yeah. is not quite right. Like you know, you, you start to get the basics wrong, and you yeah. and you know it must be quite hard to lumber your frame around the pitch. And like this that. is a young lad who doesn't know the language, and he's been chucked into the toughest league in the world, and expected mm. to score twenty goals. They're difficult. Yeah, difficult. I feel sorry for him, but um, let's say this maybe maybe a decent chance. It's Chelsea. <laughs> they because never good as places yeah. as any I mean, to, to do it. They've kept a couple of clean sheets in a row, but um, still not entirely convinced by them at the back. Uh, having a weird season, I mean, we always kind of expected this from from Lampard's first year transfer embargo, etc. Um, I guess any other season they'd be in probably quite real trouble after a bit of a patchy December. But the way it's sitting right now, they've got nobody really challenging them for it. They're they're pretty pretty happy in fourth there. Yeah, there's an opportunity to just keep developing. And keep nurturing these young players. There's huge talent there. The latest Reese James, the 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 lad who's mm. coming at right back, uh, fantastic talent. Um, very smart player. Some of the positions he takes up and the Burnley game, I noticed him forging a little bit of a partnership with uh, Callum Hudson Odoi. Yeah. So I mean, unfortunately for James, he's probably about the fifth choice England right back. Was so so stacked yeah, for stacked talent at right back. He's, yeah. He just needs to focus on, on Chelsea stuff, really. But um, he can get forward, he, he can assist, and he can defend. So that's that's a real positive for them. Mm. And also, Kante was ruled out quite late before the Burnley game, and, and Ross Barkley came in the middle and really had a fantastic game. And I don't mind Barkley yeah. enough. I think he, ha- he, has a, he takes a lot of stick for maybe not being what people expect of him. I think mm. people expect him to be this like, all-out dynamic box to box even like you know goals assists just the works I think it, people expect everything from him and I I don't think he's that type of player and I think he is when he when he just has to sit a little bit deeper I think he can be very effective and, and we've seen that with England before as well he actually does have that role and he can um, he can fill in in those I mean Kante is a world class player who gets in the team every single time but yeah I agree there I think him it was, and it was a brave choice for, yeah, for Lampard to put him in there rather than Kovacic who, who might have been expected to play with Kante being injured but mm. Barkley's been a bit unlucky he's had some off the field problems and injuries and I think Lampard was really keen to praise him after the Burnley game and say you know that this is a player who's finally, you know, free of his injuries and, and maybe he could have a really strong second half of the mm, season. Absolutely. Bit of a crucial time for Chelsea. They've got this game uh, against Newcastle and then they've got a run of Arsenal, Leicester, United, Spurs and all teams, let's say, who are either just above or will be looking at that fourth spot and thinking, let's have a go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then obviously the Champions League returns, which they'll be hoping to go further. And so this is quite a crucial period in their season. Uh, prediction for this one. Do you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna be positive and and say maybe two two. Yeah, I'm going Chelsea win, but I'm I'm seeing both teams scoring here. Yeah, as as per the Chelsea way. Moving on to Super Sunday, uh, we have a two o'clock kickoff on Sky Sports Premier League and main event. It's Burnley versus Leicester. Um, now I've got strong feelings on Burnley going down. Yeah, I'm worried I'm, about them. I, I'm a little bit scared for them right now. I, I, I think Sean Dyche is a great manager. I think he is just one of those. Uh, he's the absolute dream for a bottom half team with with you know low resources compared to the rest of the pile. But I guess 
It's not too dissimilar to Bournemouth in the sense that they've got this good manager backed by awful recruitment, and and I think the difference between the two sides is that you know they're not Bournemouth are probably spending big money and wasting it, whereas Burnley just aren't spending the money. Mm. Um, I picked up their their list of transfers from the start of this season and last season. Here we go. We've got Eric good. Eric Peters. <laughs> Jay Rodriguez, who has five starts, 16 sub-appearances, three goals, zero assists. Bailey Peacock-Farrell as third keeper, and some man called Ryan Cooney loaned out to Morecambe. That's not keeping you up. That's not keeping you up, especially after you have a poor season. That's not the list of players you need to bring in to improve or or solidify or establish, anything like that. Um, Last season, Joe Hart, Ben Gibson, Matej Vidra, Peter Crouch... (laughs) Peter Crouch... (laughs) Uh, Joel Senior, Rob Harker, obviously the two last ones there, youngsters. Um, they're just not making any quality signings whatsoever. And I, and I just, and I'm, I'm not usually the biggest advocate of just spend, 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 because it's a lazy way to go. But but after you know two or three years of, of floundering, they got the Europa League a couple of years ago, and they've not added any quality. They've not used that position. They've not used the extra TV money. Oh, yeah, the first bit time, of a Burnley rant there. Yeah, but the, the, you, you're right, and they haven't learned from their mistakes because when they came up in twenty fourteen, mm. they came up and didn't spend any money at all, and went straight back down. And they yeah. thought, you know, well, fair enough. We've had our, we've had a go in the in the Premier League. We've we've saved the money that we've earned from the TV money and gone back down. Then they came. Came back up again, and you would have thought maybe learn from the, from the mistake of, of not investing, but they actually improved and did really well. And like you say, get in, get into the Europa League, and then it's time to be brave and and and, and recruit and and build your squad, a squad that mm. could deal with Europa League football. They didn't do that, and and now they're really they're really paying for it. And and one of the problems they have is that they're a victim of their own success in, with Sean Dyche because they won't sack him. No, and 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 that's where the other clubs in the bottom half of the table. You know, getting a new manager in can be often be worth about six points. Burnley won't sack the manager. Norwich probably won't sack the manager. Bournemouth would they sack the manager? That's where this could be. Mm. That could be the difference between staying up and relegation. The man, you know, clubs are afraid to sack the managers and and, and think long term. And yeah, and and and, and Dyche, who I like, I think he's great. I like I like his approach to football, but the rec- the recruitment just hasn't been there. There's there's no creativity from open play in mm. that team, um, and they're making mistakes now. Uh, against Chelsea they were in the game they actually took the lead and it was ruled out for VAR very close offside decision and then a really sloppy penalty is given away and you're 1-0 down at Chelsea and the talent they've got it's it's really difficult so you lose four in a row until it's alarm bells and, and they've got some difficult games ahead and mm. you know it, it looks like it's only gone one way this yeah absolutely and obviously starting these these run of, of tougher games we've got Leicester up next um, Leicester this is start a bit of a, a bit of a downfall, or is this more just a curbing of expectations here? I think, I mean, I was fully the way they were playing, the the style they were playing, the fact that they were doing it every single week. Like they had to have been in a title race at one point in this season. Um, you'd probably say that that's that, that chance is maybe gone now, more due to Liverpool just being you know beyond everybody else by a million miles. Um, will they be happy with where they are right now? Yeah, of course, of course they will. That's that's a, you know I think if you spoke to a Leicester fan at the start of the season, they would have snapped your hand off for Tottenham. Yes, for sure. So Champions League is would be massive for them, be a fantastic achievement, and mm. I think they'll go on to get it. What you're seeing now, I think, with Leicester is a really tired team. You look at uh, Chilwell, Tealmans was rested. Chilwell looks knackered, and they've actually been given quite a bit of time off this week. I understand, right? So 
they play a really demanding system. Mm. The press and, 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 and the squad isn't massive. So I just think it's caught up on them. Mm. Um, but, you know, fair play. What they've done so far is, is, is amazing. Um, and they, they just need to, I think, hopefully the rest will help them. Vardy is very reliant on Vardy. Um, and it's as if he's getting younger the way he's playing. But <laughs> it's phenomenal. It, it, you can't sustain that. He's, he's, he's 33 now. So, you know, maybe they'll maybe they'll recruit in January. I don't think they need to. Um, mm. I just think they need to maybe maybe look at rest and recovery. And there is a winter break coming up in February. So if they can get through to then, I think they'll be fine. Yeah, they need a couple of sort of just unspectacular but solid signings behind this. Just they need that sort of James Milner figure who's just going to play anywhere. Yeah, that would like be good. obviously not him, but like just mm. somebody who's going to be you know fill in at left back, right back, centre midfield. Just just a couple of utility men, maybe just mm. like you say to keep them fresh. And, and then they and need fire. to they need to keep a hold of people like Madison because mm. that's that's the that's the the balance they've got now is lo- not losing their like their, their first team players to to Champions League. Mm teams or panicking teams like Man United who might come in and go here 70 million for Madison so keep a hold of their players I don't think they need to to get anyone in particular this January but yeah Milner wouldn't we all love a Milner that, that sort of play everybody needs a James Milner in yeah. their life just somebody to keep things on the straight and narrow well, also in this game did you read that uh, all, the, all the Leicester away fans are getting free snoods oh, for this game oh what keep them warm at Turf Moor I love that lovely touch I mean I really like Leicester and all that <laughs> but come on boys free snoods well, you need it up there. Yeah, I mean, fair. I've got nothing to add on that. Free <laughs> snoods. Uh, prediction? Leicester for me. I mean, I really want to say Burnley now. Free snoods. <laughs> but uh, no, Leicester win, and I can only see that going one way. Uh, moving on to the big, well, do we call it the big game of the weekend? It's Liverpool versus Manchester United. It's a 4.30 kickoff on Sky Sports Premier League and main event. I'm going to ask you your thoughts on Liverpool because I feel like I've just repeated myself for the last 10 weeks. Uh, Last week we had Lee Stobbs' fiery, fiery hot take that Liverpool are good at football. Um, I really enjoyed that one. That's that's the sort of content we we enjoy here at Football Times. Um, Yeah, what what do you make of them? I I think we're on the verge of them turning into like one of the iconic teams. Mm. The way they play, you know, there's a bit of Pep's Barcelona in there at times. Um, And... I watch a team, Newcastle, who play with wing backs, and, and and they sometimes get caught out. And there's three at the back. Liverpool are playing with two central defenders, and their wing backs, wing backs. Are, are basically wingers. It's amazing how how much their their full backs press, mm. but they can still deal with everything at the back. And I, th- I suppose that's why you spend money on on a player like Virgil Van Dijk. Um, hugely hugely impressive. And the the only team they drop points against is is Man United. So this is. Maybe interesting game in that respect. Mm. January, traditionally not a good time for Liverpool. Uh, did a little bit of research in the last three years. They, they've only, you know, they've in, in 2016, they won four out of 12. In 2017, they won one out of nine games in January. In January 2018, they won two out of five. Already, they've won three. And they've got, uh, I think they've got four more to play. So they're, they're, they're getting through this difficult month. Yeah. Um, and I, I do think maybe we're going to be talking about this. If, if they go on to achieve what they should achieve, we could be looking at one of the iconic yeah, teams in, in modern sure. football. I watched them quite recently and I can't remember which game it was now, but Mike Lone afterwards basically came out and said, like, this is one of the greatest ever Premier League teams. And he was getting absolutely slaughtered for it on Twitter. Like, absolutely butchered. Oh. Not just purely because it was Michael Lone. But like, 
I thought he was spot on. Yeah. Like, how can how is this not one of the greatest ever Premier League teams? I know they, they came within a point. You know, it's the third highest ever total. And now this season, they're set, they're doing things that nobody's ever seen before. Well, in, in Premier League era, football didn't start in '92. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just don't see how this could be anything other than, like you say, this iconic, phenomenal team. I mean, they're, they're going to beat the Invincibles points tally. Pro- almost certainly. Um, and the way they're playing, the relentless nature of their style, everything, like you're saying, they're doing all this without really being very, I guess, without really bringing people or dropping people further back. Like, they are still doing this their way, gung-ho, full full on every time. Um, I can't see anything but, like I say, absolutely rampant and, and nothing would shock if they did go unbeaten the rest of the season. Yeah, the, yeah, and um, I think they can do it. Big shout out as well to Roberto Firmino. Uh, I don't want to just call out Firmino when he scores a goal. It's easy to do. Uh, but he is phenomenal. He is such a good player. That touch uh, behind the young Spurs, Spurs lad. Oh, yeah. Uh, Albert Einstein football. Yeah, genius. Phenomenal. Can't like, coach it. Just that... It just looks weird on a TV when you watch it because you're not used to players having that level of close control about them to just sudden. It makes it look so easy when Firmino's on the ball in the box. Um, and obviously, him just stitching the play between midfield, attack, everything else. It's it was just his turn player. to be the best player Phenomenal. against Tottenham. Yeah, yeah. You know, normally yeah. sometimes it's Mane, sometimes it's Salah. It was just Firmino's yeah. turn to be the best player. Ran off the pitch at the end, probably high fived Salah, said, Tag, you're it. Go, <laughs> and, go and do it, son. Um, and does the dirty work so well? I think the play, uh, Liverpool have players like that across the pitch. I think. Uh, Genie Wijnaldum up there as well. Oh, I love Wijnaldum. I think he's such a good player in that amazing midfield. Amazing balance, amazing balance, and play in the middle and go any direction either foot. I think he's fantastic. Mm. Again, it's just layer upon layer upon layer of players ready to step up and be the man of the match that day. Henderson did it a while ago. Yeah, it's all great. Uh, Manchester United, obviously, like you said, they're the only team to to really lay a glove on Liverpool this season and leave a leave a mark. Can you see them doing it again this time? I don't know because because the, the history of this fixture maybe. Maybe form goes out the window, you know. You know, maybe unlikely, but because because the you know the em- the attention this fixture gets, maybe maybe something like, like that can happen. It could motivate Man United, but um, generally speaking, Man United. I'm looking at them. There's the, the highest wage bill, the most expensive ex- assembled squad, and. Mm. I saw them over Christmas. I went to their game at uh, Arsenal, and there was just no midfield. Oh, they were awful like, in that the, one. Where's the midfield? Yeah, and they were shocking. The, in front, that the game. front three does look dangerous. You know, Rashford, Martial, um, James. I like that, but there's no, there's no creativity. It's very panicked, and I just think they they need to, you know, they need to change the manager, change change the mm. the owners, change everything. It's it's Feel, not great. It all. feels like you, it, it does very much feel like they have a defence, they have an attack, and it's just kind of like they sort of fly between the two of them without really anything in the middle. Like this is why they play the counter attacking style. Maybe not out of choice, but out of sheer necessity because they've got nobody in the middle. Who I really like Tom McTominay. Obviously he's injured, and and Pogba like Pogba, but obviously he's wherever he is injured at the minute. We'll we'll go with injured. Um, but, yeah, I don't think they've got any other choice than to just get it pretty direct, pretty quick up to Rashford and, and hope for the best. And I think that's just such a bad way to build build your team up from scratch, especially with, with Solskjaer being afforded. He's clearly going to be afforded plenty of time. Um, Is he, though? I mean, oh, I, mean I, think, I think they're going to stick with it. I think they've got this. Yeah. I, I could still see him being there in a year or two, even if they're still, really? yeah, well, that's, genuinely. That's even if they're outside, even if they're sort of fourth, fifth, I think they're going to persevere with him. Um, until they can sort of shift out the dead wood, and maybe by then it'll have changed. But that, mid, like you say, there that midfield is just not good enough. I'd be staggered if Solskjaer's still there at the end of the season. 
I you think? That. I, I don't think he can be there at the end of the season. If he is still there at the end of the season, I think that's to the detriment of the club. Mm. Interesting. I, I'm not saying I totally agree with that. I, I just think I can see him being there for another year and being given those chances. Because they're still they're going to what sign two or three quality players each window, I think was the plan mm. I read potentially. I think they're going to give him that time to do that. And I mean, by which point, yeah, if you can't do anything but, with a full squad. Interestingly, though, obviously this week, I don't know if you saw the, the Deloitte Money League came out and, and Man United were top of the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. I think if they don't get Champions League this season, which is, is probably going to be a big ask, then they'll probably be overtaken by Liverpool and Man City. Mm. And that's, that's you know, I think they're running out of time a little bit with this, you know, their financial dominance. So that could have a... Uh, be a factor in, mm. in, in what they keep, do. Keep wondering how much time Ed Woodward gets. Like, how many times can you be, how can you be this incompetent? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, Ed. Yeah. <laughs> Try it. Thanks, Ed. Uh, yeah, prediction for this one. I think draw again. They drew at Old Trafford, and I think both teams would probably be happy with the draw. Liverpool would be happy to, to just keep, keep the momentum going and keep the unbeaten run going, and Man United would, would love a point, so maybe, you know, they're quite tight games these often, I think mm. it could be another tight draw. I agree with pretty much all of that, but I do think Liverpool will will nick it in the end. It's hardly a controversial take, Liverpool going to win a football game. Mm. Uh, moving on, fantasy Premier League tips, and my friend, I have wildcarded. Ooh. I've been doing alright recently, I've been doing alright, but I just needed, there was just, just tweaks, mm. you know. I, uh, I, free, I free hit. Ooh. I free hit. I don't know what I was. I just needed to do something. <laughs> needed to just come on. I was under pressure from the board, and Let's I just needed up. to react. And it, it kind of worked for me. But I think I need a wild card as well. To be yeah. honest with you, I've gone. Yeah, I'm going to keep my, my my cards close to the chest. But a couple of a couple of interesting ones there. Throwing Mares in. Yeah. Um, throwing Richarlison in. Taking yeah. Vardy out. I think it's time with Vardy. I think it's time, and I think you need to go Ings as well. Yeah, I, I gave up and went, went Ings last week after after months of playing chicken with him because I was like, as soon as I put you in, you're going to stop scoring. Mm-hmm. And then he kept going. Thank you very much. Uh, yeah, my tips for this week, I'm going with KDB captain every single time now. I just think he is just everything. Everything about him is phenomenal. Uh, if you need a very, very cheap player, 4 million defender, Man United, Brandon Williams. Oh, yeah. So Shaw is out. Can't finish, Who though. knows how long Shaw's going to be out, yeah. Uh, his record in his last four games, six points, zero points, five points, ten points. Uh, obviously, got Liverpool this week, so it might not be the greatest one, but if you need to, you know, Love cook, that, cook yeah. the books a little bit, shift can around. I, can I give a little cheap one Go as well? Almiron is mm. a midfielder, 5.8, and he plays in a front three at Newcastle, and he scored four in his last seven relatively on fire. So yeah, yeah nice one. Save the pennies. Any any other shouts in there? Nah, that's as good as it gets. Oh, fair. I'm, I'm also saying stick with Tammy. Because I think Tammy, yeah. it, a lot of people are going to get rid of Tammy because of the next games, they've got Newcastle, Arsenal, Leicester, Man United, Tottenham. It comes up as a big block of red. And I think people just freak out when they see that red. But if you look at those teams there, Arsenal can't defend, Leicester on the way down, Man United, Man United, and Spurs, you know, never know what you're going to get from them. Stick with Tammy. Mm. Uh, what's coming at Match of the Day magazine this week, sir? Well, it's January January transfer window. So loads loads of transfer rumours. We're just having loads of fun with it, seeing seeing who could go where. And there's two packets of match attacks on the front. We've interviewed Romelu Lukaku. Mm. And I interviewed Owen Morgan, the England cricket captain. Yes. You're a cricket fan. But we did a football interview with Owen. This is interesting. Before Christmas. And he picked a five-a-side team made up of current England cricketers a good team and a reserve team of not so good 
England cricketers who play okay. by his side. Yep. It's interesting because they've now banned cricket in the England they yeah, football so in the England injury, cricket wasn't team because someone before. got injured. Yeah, yeah. So um, they're not allowed to play anymore. But Owen did. He was a really nice guy, and he did a, a five a side team. So that was that was uh, my highlight of the week. Excellent. Thank you very much for joining me in the studio, Catch, and we'll hopefully see one of your your mob next week. I'm sure uh, we'll be having an earlier podcast next week. It'll be coming out on Tuesday to accommodate the midweek round of games. There's plenty on TV, and also if you can't wait until then, come to RadioTimes.com/sport for all of your latest previews. Uh, we've got the Australian Open coming up. We've got the Masters snooker, and obviously your full stable of Premier League and Championship games. Thank you very much for listening. Cheers. 